Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Startup Nightmares. Startup Nightmares is a podcast that aims to inspire those who work in the startup world to do the best work they can, the best way possible, while dodging some bullets doing so. Let's just be a bit more human here. All of these people started needing stuff from me. Don't feel like you're on your own, because you're, you're never on your own. But I'm paying this person a good wage, why isn't that enough? And that doesn't make me special. What is making me special is my deeper story. People need a sense of purpose to feel motivated in a job. Wake up at five in the morning and like go to the gym for an hour. Like, what the fuck is that? You're sitting at your desk crying and you're like, what happened? I had no idea how to monetize anything. I was like, ah, everybody gets a title. You get a title. You get a title. Either pay me or I will sue you. All of our guests have been to the dark side of the innovation ecosystem and came back to tell their tale. You can use this. This is how you get there. It is not a secret anymore. My name is Tal Shmueli, and I will be your host. Eli Fekeki, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming. It's a pleasure. It's great to be here. So uh, let's kick it off really quickly. Who you are, what you do, why do you do it? <laughs> I'll try and keep that as brief as possible. I, I tend to be quite verbose. So I'm Ali Fikeki. Uh, I'm the founder of Juno. Uh, I've been working in tech for, I'd say, about eight years now, kind of between tech and, and the creative side, so media. I built Juno because I felt like uh, companies were doing a lot for, for their staff or trying to do a lot for their staff, but... Their, all of their programs kind of had one major flaw, which was that they, they sucked, like they were just bad. Um, so we built a platform that lets you define uh, what it is that you need and, and define what well-being is for you, because, you know, obviously well-being is different for everyone. Why do I do it? Because, uh, you know, I want to help ordinary people at work. I think that where everyone talks about this huge stress epidemic, it is a huge problem. It's a crisis. But I really strongly think that um, there should be a platform that kind of supports every aspect of life, not just like the the really crisis point of you need to see a therapist or you need professional help versus the kind of soft stuff that's like coupons and discounts. There's like this huge, big middle. And that's what we want to help with. That's what Juno is about. Maybe I'm, a, maybe I'm jumping to conclusions here, but no one starts a company that's about employee welfare and well-being without having experienced the downside of... Yeah. Of that. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I'm not someone 
that can sit here and say I had this huge uh, sort of event or occasion that created this light bulb moment. I think it was more, you know, first of all, I've I've had relatively high stress positions in in companies. I've friends who continuously told me and and continue to tell me that they're they're unhappy or they feel undervalued or that their system of living is kind of you know work and sleep that's it so so kind of a slow burn and then realizing that actually as a society we should be doing better and and we can do better we have technology that can allow it so I think what you're asking is like has there been like a bad experience that's led to it I think it's more like a general malaise rather than like one really bad one that's caused uh, me to leave you've worked for Clio and Yolt and Lockbox yeah and you've done customer acquisition yeah go forwards yeah yeah hey, probably the highest stress point in going startups I bet that even unknowingly this took some toll um, tell me a little bit about the stress that comes with working in high growth and high pressure environments yeah It's a good question I think um, look I think I think like with the head of growth role in general I think it can generally be misunderstood by founders or those that are hiring for the head of growth role it is a super high pressure job just like you mentioned a lot of the pressure of the business is put on you because the, your survival as a startup is basically your attraction if you're not getting customers if you're a BTC or if you're not getting um, you know great contracts if you're working with businesses you know there's no business so My job, and I'm, I'm going to give you one example. I'm not going to name the company, but there was a period of time where I was like the most stressed I've ever been in my life. And that was when uh, I, I'd say I overpromised on, on what we could achieve with this business and everything rested on my shoulders. I was the only marketing hire in the business. So I was like, look, if we're not getting customers and we're not making money, that's on, that was on me. And so I felt like uh, a lot of pressure. But this is the thing is that when you're under pressure you feel like you're you're able to get out of it but actually you're suffering and you're unable to you're, you're you're actually doing a worse job because you're putting so much pressure on your shoulders so yeah so so there was that uh, that one startup where I I literally had like chest pains and had to go to hospital because I would wake up and I would be like holy shit like uh, we're not we're missing all of our targets I'm getting scrutinized left right and center. And then you start questioning yourself, you're like, shit, you know, am I actually able to grow this company? Do I have the skills required? Uh, is it obvious that I am out of my depth? So that was a huge learning, I think. I think it was kind of the lesson that I learned there was that it's okay to just be like, I can't do that. That's not possible. I don't know. I need help, you know. In startup world, there's two, uh, two founder behaviors. One is that when they don't let go, right, they bring in professionals to do a certain type of a role. And they don't let them do their job because they have a they have a, an idea about how this role should be done yeah and then you're there and you're just like a puppet but you're not really getting to do your role yeah the other end of the spectrum is when they come in and you get full autonomy and they're like Ali that's yours tell us what to expect and you eager to please eager to kick ass give them a set the expectation in mm. the wrong way and dig yourself a hole mm. would that be an accurate description of what happened hundred percent. Right now, Juno, the company, is, 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 we have a really small headcount. We're super lean. We're doing a lot. My um, reflex is to hire people. My, uh, our COO, uh, his reflex is to be careful. 
and consider it. And I don't have that ability because so just like you mentioned, as a founder, I have an, an inability, I'd say, or, or I'm working on being better at letting go because I have a really strong vision of how I want things to be done. And so that will suck for anyone coming in because yeah. I'll just be like, well, fucking hell, like, let me just do my job, you know. But at the same time, when you're a small startup and you're desperate to get resources on something and you need help, you don't have time or resource to be like, okay, for the next six weeks, we're going to train you. This is the thing. This is the support network you're going to have. If you ever need anything, you let us know. Because also, like a lot of the times when I've been hired in my previous jobs, I was the only marketing person in the in the place so you had a bunch of tech people maybe some ops people and then me so what ends up happening is that it's not possible for them to say like anything other than right welcome to the team do your thing make us proud these are your what are you you set your own goals and we'll tell and we'll hold you to them kind of thing but then you know both both ways are not the way to do it you know i want to take you back to the moment where you woke up with chest pains in the middle of the night mm. what happened my doing completely i mean literally it was just me uh like the mistake i made in that was that i was proud and i was like you know what i i, I don't have control over the situation we're not doing what we should be doing as a business but i don't have the ability to i'm too far in You know, and the founders that I was working for were super concerned. They were like, you know, what is going on here? Like, we're dropping off massively. We're not hitting our targets. And for seemingly everything that I was trying to do, I was just making things worse. And so rather than just pressing pause and going, okay, guys, all these initiatives are not working. Let's work out a way to do it. Maybe let's get someone else in to help or whatever it was. I was too proud. And so what I did was I created a deeper and deeper and deeper hole and created the situation where I was up at 4am with having an anxiety attack because I was like, shit, I'm going to lose my job. I'm not going to be employed again. I have to go. And... So it was, it was really a spiral that I could have easily avoided had I just been a bit more frank and honest and less proud. It's hard to hear. And first time founders, um, they won't be able to spot that, mm. you know, they'll be, they'll be in over their head with mm -hmm. their stuff. So they can come to you and say, Ali, listen, let's slow down for one second. Mm. Uh, something isn't right. I think part of it is that like we, just like a lot of, so <clears throat> a lot of the roles that we take at work are kind of um, very tied to our self-esteem. And when you say like the stories we tell ourselves, that's interesting because like, um, like as a founder, There are so many, there are myths in culture, like that you wake up at five in the morning and like go to the gym for an hour. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, no, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like, of course they're going to say that because they want to create this mythos, like this whole story of, of an ubermensch, of, a, of, a, of this high flying woman who is just like incredibly uh, like energetic doesn't get tired doesn't get stressed i mean there is obviously the other side of it but but that's the the ideal right and so we're under pressure from that which is that i'm not in the 5am club so i'm clearly not you know not made for it you know there's that that mythos and so what happens is you you feel like so so i'm working like 70 hours a week probably thereabouts 
and I'm enjoying it, but my but that's the thing you mentioned about your body. I'm enjoying it because it feels like I'm alive. It feels like I'm solving big problems. I'm helping people. Like the impact that Juno is having on people is like makes me so proud and makes our team so proud. And you don't notice, but then you get sick. Like I, I was sick three times in in January. I got ill because I was just like my body was like, okay, cool. No, I'm not doing this. I can't. Yeah, there's no to pace yourself. There's... Yeah, yeah. My immune system is even now. Like you can probably hear it. So what you need in that situation is to have people that are able to just say, hey, uh, at the end of this month, you're taking a break and there's no two ways about it, which is thankfully what my team said. They were like, like end of February, I don't want to see you in the office for five days. We'll be fine. Just go. Because if you don't take a break, then you're going to be at the very least shitty to deal with, you know, at the very least. And we're a well-being company anyway. So what are we going to do? Like burn ourselves out? It's funny. Yesterday, um, I'm actually so lucky because I have a team that... that is just the best like I have the fucking best colleagues like yesterday um, we we had this session where we just went around the room and spoke about each other and positives and negatives and I was nervous as hell because I was like this is gonna be so I'm British so it's like unbelievably awkward to, to do that but I was so grateful at the end of it that we could talk about you know like listen my voice doesn't feel heard when you speak over me like these are all things that we have to work on as a business and it's so great that we can have that candid thing in work we have this mask on of professionalism which i think is is serves some purpose which is that like imagine a uniform it kind of unifies you and professionalism is that unifier i think that you kind of come into work and you come into work for your business you can bring yourself of course um, but professionalism is, I, I don't think, uh, a bad thing, so to speak. But at the same time, I think that you should also be yourself. Like, you should not feel ashamed to tell people how you feel about certain things or how if someone is behaving in a way that doesn't make you feel empowered or valued, you should always bring it up. In terms of um, your point about kind of making people... Because you're right. I mean, look, if you're working nine to six and then you have a life, so children or anything else your day also kind of starts when you leave work because you, you go home you cook you play with the kids whatever it is that you do you, everyone has a different life it's really difficult everyone appreciates that it's super difficult to balance both of those things so we should try and design a better system for living because we only have one go you know we can. we can we can do it we can definitely do it it's achievable and it's it's you know businesses probably will, would worry the focus isn't enough on the business on the business side of things let's say or creating value or making money but you know nothing costs more than your people in a business right so why would you spend more on crm software or computers than your people like it's crazy to me that that that's the way companies go about it. And you feel that this is how companies are going about it? Because you go into any job description today, yeah. you'll see a list of perks as yeah. long as but the it's job bullshit. description it's itself. But it's all bullshit. Why is it bullshit? It's bullshit because, okay, so let me give you some examples of some of the perks that are on offer on, on job descriptions. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. First of all, okay, yoga, meditation, fantastic. But you get me 10 people in a room and you ask how many of them regularly go to yoga and meditation, you're going to have two or three hands. Seven out of 10 people are like, I don't, either I have my own situation going, I have my own yoga membership or whatever it might be. The point is that when you pick and choose, when there's a top-down employer decides approach and you don't have 100% engagement in those, in those initiatives, it's a waste of time and it's a waste of opportunity. And That's, you won't and you won't get a hundred percent engagement because not everyone wants to do yoga. Exactly. And, and not, not everyone wants to do yoga and guess with their peers. Exactly. I have uh, one of our one of my friends was like, dude, I have to I got invited to do spinning from what with work. I went to spinning and who was sat behind me on their bike? My boss. Who wants to do that? That's crazy. Yoga in meeting rooms and therapy in in, in glass meeting rooms, like the job descriptions are great marketing when you say, oh, you have unlimited holiday and you have yoga and free fruit and lunch every month. But none of them have actually thought about, okay, well, who are the people in our business? What is something that can make everyone happy? And you can't. Anything top down, unless it's getting 100% engagement, is, is a waste of time. Engagement would be one part of it. You can you can force everyone to engage yeah. in the room, but you can't force them to benefit from it. Yeah. And that is so tricky, in my opinion, because if I'm an employee and yeah. someone is taking two hours of my day to do some mumbo-jumbo, I'll be furious. I'm like, guys, I have real work to do. I have KPIs. I'm presenting in the company meeting in two days, and this is not ready. Mm. So I'll be very uh, resentful about having two days of my day taken away. On the other hand... I can get all the free yoga classes outside of work, and I don't know that I'll take advantage. And there's a, there's a, maybe a, a paternalistic aspect to work that is missing. Um, if I was a professional football player and I'd be partying at night, my coach would take me in the morning and say, you can't show up to training like that, mm. right? And it's for your own sake, it's for the company's sake, it's for the team's sake. We don't have that at work. Mm. I would disagree that that's what we need just because when you, the example that you're giving is uh, an interesting one because 
as a as a footballer, right? You put your trust as a young guy into your manager, your coach. That is a tacit agreement. At work, I think that if you're a footballer, you are very very driven to be the best you could possibly be in football. And so you need that guidance, you need that father figure, mother figure, whatever it is. But at work, some people, me, for example, take it unbelievably seriously. They throw themselves at the job, they sacrifice themselves, blah, blah, blah. But others have the right to be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to come in at nine, I'm going to go home at five, I'm going to do my best at work, and then I'm going to go home and I'm going to forget about it. And so... It's about those different relationships with work. How do you define it? It's completely your your choice. So I get what you're saying. You know, there should be um, maybe stronger leadership, but but I would disagree. I think that actually workspaces should be uh, empowering and allow you to kind of work at your own cadence, work at your own style. There needs to be a system in place that makes sure that you're accountable. But who who cares if if you're desk buddy goes out for three hours like, who gives a shit if they're doing a good job and they're hitting their targets and they're helping and they're adding value then what they're doing doesn't matter what i meant to say about um, about peak performance mm. in startups so we mentioned startups are a war zone everything's mm. burning all the time mm. you have to decide what files to put out and what files you have to just live with and so many times it's a single swim environment It's a tight team. Everyone is busy and you have to do your own thing. See you next week. Let's hope that needle is moving. Going back to the football player analogy, if you have to perform at that level, they'll give you a sports therapist, a massage therapist, professional coaches. You have your your food cooked for you while while you're on the pitch and so on. Should there be an equivalent in our modern workforce Mm -hmm. that looks after the employees a to Z, in order to help them endure those extreme stress points? I would think that that's a pretty dystopian idea in the sense that... Okay, yeah. Part, partly, yes. Partly, yes. So the theory that you're putting across is that in order for people to reach their potential at work, they should be... And, and also, you know, work at their best. They should have the support system around them that ensures that uh, all the little things that get in the way as well as the big things are kind of looked after. That's kind of what Juno does, right? So like, you know, you want to get your food delivered at home when you come home and food is there and you want to get a massage, you can, all that stuff. But you have to give people choice to define what work means to them. So... We don't want to live in a society where you have that kind of big brother mentality. And also startups, like I think one of the or another things is that like people want to work in startups, but they don't realize that actually it depends on the stage that the startup is in. Right now, if you're if you work at Juno and the small and we're like scrapping to, to not survive, but we're, we're, we're scrapping, you know, we're not in a scale up phase. So anyone who comes in the door, the expectation tacitly is you're going to give everything you have for this company. In a different stage, so for example, if you're at a scale-up stage, you can hire people that can come in and, and come in at nine and leave at five and and be like, okay, cool, I'm doing my job and then I'm going to go home and, and I don't want to hear from you. So I hope I'm getting my point across here, which is that in theory, yes, it's a good idea to support people and 
help them do their best. But this sort of too involved philosophy of a business getting like really deeply involved in your life, it's just not a recipe for for a meaningful society. I mean, at the end of the day, some people just just want to get in, do their job, go home, and that's fine. That's their life. That's their choice. So, what do you think? What's the upside of a working for a startup? I've worked in a corporate environment and I've worked in a startup. And I've worked in a startup inside a corporate environment. So I think I have a kind of experience with that one. The obvious, the obvious answer to that is that like, if you work in a startup... So when I, when I first graduated, I was a filmmaker and a photographer. And I, I really liked making uh, films and being creative. But I realized that I needed to make money. And so the fact is, uh, the best way to do that is in marketing. So if you have those skills and you want to make an impact... You should work in marketing. Um, and I worked for a startup, a really awesome sort of pet care startup. The pitch I made to the founder was, look, I'll be your intern. It's no problem. But I want to do, I want to have full control over the marketing. I want to send, I want to create the ads. I want to take the photos, all that stuff. You have a huge impact. The stuff that I was doing as a 21-year-old was you know, making a big impact, a big, like a big positive impact on the business. You're not going to get that opportunity if you work for a corporate. How can you, how can you manage expectations with folks around the influence they have on a company's success without burdening them with the founder's anxiety, which you probably want to keep to yourself because, mm-hmm. you know, you've made that life choice. Mm-hmm. You've, uh, you, you're abusing yourself with that so, responsibility. So, I mean, let's take the example, I'm not going to name them, but the example of a fintech, right? That recently, or not that recently, but relatively recently came out uh, in the press that they had a shitty culture. There was politics and bullying and super intense. And it was because the upper management had their own hustle mentality of like, let's just fucking do it. And that is not a fair way that you have to, like I keep coming back to it, like there, you have to respect that there are some people in your organization that don't want to do that, that don't want to work till 11 p.m., that want to go home at five, and that's fine. Do you have to respect that as a founder? I mean, you build a company, uh, you get to choose who gets in. Mm. Isn't it a legitimate request? You're going to have to uh, uh, walk yourself to the bone mm. just like I do. Mm. Isn't no, it? no. Because otherwise, no, no way. Like at the end of the day, I'm I I'm taking responsibility. I don't have to work myself to the bone. Like that's another thing. Is that like look, if you're working yourself to the bone, what is going on here? Like, I know people that have worked eighty hours a week, and will I promise you, if you they were in this room right now, they would be like, that was a waste of time, because the extra hours that I worked, I lost in some way. Whether that was I lost it in my family life, whether that was I lost it with my relationships with my friends, whether that was I lost it at work. Because I got sick, I burnt out, I lost all the time that I added, spent. I lost it in the end. So no, you do have to respect, you really do have to respect that people might want to come into work and, and leave at the time that, that they want to leave. Because I don't want, personally, people uh, missing out on their relationships or, or not living their life. The whole point of Juno is every life fully lived. Like, that's the point. Work is important. Work makes people feel empowered. Work makes people happy. But it's really not the huge deal that everyone makes it out to be. As a founder, if you're working yourself to the bone, what is going on? Like you you work hard, you work late, that's fine. But it doesn't have to be the be all, the black and white. Like, look, 
if you're in this business, you're going to work yourself to infinity because you have to. And if you don't, we don't have a business. So you have to, you have to respect that. Like we have um, our senior leadership team, like that we have this policy of like, don't ask, just tell. So if you need to take to work from home, if you need to take a day off, and I'm not going to write some long post about it on LinkedIn and, and pat myself on the back. It's just common sense, right? It's You have a doctor's appointment, tell me, don't ask me. If you want to take a few days off, tell tell us. Just say, I'm taking a few days off. And that's fine, that's your life. And if the work suffers, who cares? You know, I respect that. Um, and what worries me about that yeah. is that in certain cultures, you can say, don't ask, tell but it's also like the same uh, unlimited holidays, right? Yeah. You give everything, and what happens is a race to the bottom. People take less and less and less. Mm. Because the one person that takes 25 holiday days versus the other person that took only three, mm. when it comes down to performance assessment, it would be easy for a, 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 an immature manager to say, oh, well, I get, a, I get a, another three weeks off of this guy, and I don't care about what happens after. I know the tenure of an employee in a startup is... 12, 18 months. Mm. So, you know, let him burn out. If he couldn't manage himself, that's fine. I want to get the maximum return on the paycheck I'm paying this guy. You know what I thought when you said that is that, like, there's so much made about automation taking people's jobs, and it's like, but we still really want people in their desks. With the unlimited holiday, I mean, there should just be a minimum, which is like, look, it's unlimited, but you have to take 21 days or whatever it is. So that, because obviously, you know, it's well publicized that unlimited holiday actually, when it's averaged out, you take less holiday. When I worked in organizations, you get reminded, like, listen, you have five days, take them, you know? So I think that, you know, that's not really a topic that I want to, that I know much about. But I know that if you did a minimum, that would be, that would be good. And by the way, this is the thing is that there's that balance of people enjoy working. If you speak to people that have burnt out, they will tell you that they didn't notice and blah, blah, blah. it's because they're running, they're running on adrenaline. They like doing it. It yeah. feels good to work on little sleep and uh, and working like right to the edge there's a sense of achievement that comes with yeah with, with walking as hard yeah and also like our purpose a lot of us is driven by what we're doing and what ends up happening is essentially you're being asked to like take time out and you're like but i, I don't want to i'm enjoying it i like doing this who are the first people to notice uh, when someone had burnt out if it's not themselves who are the first people i mean it's usually your family right i don't know i haven't thank god I mean, I've been an expert for the last five years, yeah. so, uh, so my family is accustomed for me not being as available as I'd like to be. But you know, in a more uh, in a more uh, closely knit uh, uh, community, who are the first people to notice when someone is burning up, and what would they notice? This is a question you're asking. It is a question. I mean, it really depends on the person, right? But like. Uh... When you had your anxiety attack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you went back to the office and then said, guys, something happened last night. I want to tell you what, what happened. I didn't do that, actually. I just, because this is, this is what made the whole thing so much worse, is that I just didn't. I just was like, I just dealt with it. You I just got on with it. So I had the horrible, uh, I need to just go to the hospital. My my heart is going to come out of my chest, which is funny because at the time, mentally, I, I wasn't feeling stressed, but my body was like, okay. Let's do something about this. That's when you get used to living with a certain level of stress. That, yeah, you're cool you know, the, Exactly. So the, the acute stress is now chronic. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, so I, did, I didn't tell anyone about that. Apart from my parents, but they, yeah, they were like, what? Because like, to them, my, my dad ran his own business for 25 odd years. I don't know the full extent of his stresses. I should talk to him about it. 
um, after this. But my parents have always been just the most chilled, relaxed people. I don't remember growing up in a stressful environment in terms of like my parents being super stressed out. So when I told them that like, this is the pain I'm having, it's chest pain, it feels like angina. And they're like, what? They're literally looking at me like, you're kidding, right? Like you're, you're fucking joking. But I know it was true. I literally had those pains. Didn't tell anyone uh, because, you know, went to the doctor and got some medicine and it was fine. Medicine? Yeah, like some beta blockers to like kind of chill that stuff out. I think I took it for a few days and then I still have it in my drawer. Like I haven't touched them. Um, break in case of an emergency yeah yeah well I mean to be fair like I don't really my my philosophy generally is that like if you're medicating it it'll help you get you to a place where you can deal with it rather than it will deal with it you know but anyway your point was that that your your question was who are the people that 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 identify I really don't know like I live a pretty solitary life not in like a lonely way but more like I don't live with a partner or anything like that I don't I don't um, I live with a housemate who I'm friends with obviously but it's not like a the, 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 you know what I mean? Like it's not. How many people here in London are living a similar lifestyle to yours? I don't know, but but I would say a lot. I mean, see, this is the thing: is that I think when you mentioned sort of should you be okay with people working in your organization that aren't as focused at, on putting in the hours, they need in order for them to live a full life and to be good at their job and be bearable. You know, they need to build their relationships outside of work. You know, they need to not have that solitary thing. Actually, you know, someone who's well socialized and is enjoying their life and is doing a lot of stuff outside of work is probably so much better to work with. This is such a brutal competition between what a company gets when it pays for an employee time. Mm. We get all of you, right? Mm. In your contract, there's a line that says... Uh, anything you produce while working for us is ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your output in and outside of work is is theirs. Yeah. And when you think of people who have side hustles, who are, who are you know, multifaceted, they have more things going on, it's very tempting for an employer to like want that or at least say, listen... Um, you use the company computer so we have it, yeah. You use the company computer or you have it and, and how come you went and you talked in this event and prepared for it when... when you asked me for more time to complete this or that project. Yeah, I mean, fuck that. Fuck people. If, if you ever work for a company like that, like, fuck that. Like, what we're trying to say, what we're trying to do as a society, and it's so obvious, especially in London, and I'm not going to speak for anywhere else, but I see it in London, and we're hopefully the pioneers of this as a business, is let's just be a bit more human here. Like, if you have a side hustle or you have other passions or you have other projects, or even if you want to take a day. I remember I was interviewing for a job a year a few years ago and i was like listen i, I want to do this project which ended up being juno and she was like listen if you want to take two days a week doing that that's fine and i was like do you really mean that that's that was awesome but clearly you're seeing that every day a, a fusty company that will be like that is dying will just collapse and every day in its place is a new progressive company run by people who care about other human beings probably right i hope Hopefully. so I know that that's probably the case. I haven't ever experienced something like that. But fuck that. I mean, this is the thing, right? Is that like employers, it's tricky for employers because what do you, what what position do you take in someone's life? Okay, you pay them. You look after them in some ways. You, their well-being is definitely in your best interests. That's just a fact. But how involved do you get? 
you know how where are the boundaries and i think that that plays the the the, the sort of confusion about boundaries plays out in a lot of ways so one of them is you know office politics people usually quit because of their manager or their colleagues creating tension or whatever it is it's usually interpersonal stuff that's because the boundaries aren't really that clear then you have things like controversial things like you know whether it's harassment or bullying or whatever it is that's again a result of where do you draw the boundaries can people really be themselves but what if they are just when they are themselves they hurt and upset other people so it's it's tricky i don't know you know i don't know but the point is that like um it's worth bearing in mind that businesses are it's very difficult to ask a business to fully get it right when it comes to the boundaries that they can set between them and their and, and their staff and their people you know you went from one stressful career path mm-hmm. leading growth for a, for a young startups to being a founder mm-hmm. different types of stress but still highly pressurized environments what's changed in your life when choosing to go the founder way yeah I I think um I'd always wanted to to kind of be in charge and that was the mistake was that I had this idea in my head that like I was just gonna strike out and do my own thing it was ego driven but what happened was when I came up with the idea of Juno which is not really that smart of an idea but when it when it came into my head it kind of felt like the idea had me you know what I mean like it felt like well look There is no other choice. Forget it. Like, there is no other choice. Like, I had a very strong vision of what I wanted to build, and there was no other option. So for a year, this whole of last year up until we raised money, dude, I was, I was waiting tables. Literally, I was washing dishes in a restaurant uh, three days a week. I was working as a consultant two days a week. I was working on my business two days. It was literally flat out. So Sounds what, like a 10-week, 10-day week. I mean, three, three days washing dishes and, and serving customers in a restaurant in Els Court, two days working as a consultant, two days working on my business, which is not, not enough in hindsight, but I had to do it. And I, all did, I did all of that because I didn't feel like I made the choice. I felt like it was just made for me, like that was it. You have to just do it. And the idea had me. So what changed was, was I, I found this, I don't want to call it a calling, but I found this project. I found this thing that was going to have a positive impact on people's lives. And I was like, well, I have to do it now. So what did you have to give up to become who you are now? Peace of mind. A lot of peace of mind. Like, this is the thing. This is the worst job for anyone who values their peace of mind. Couldn't be worse. I'm financially fucked. Like, fucked financially. Uh, every day is an existential nightmare. I'm loving every minute of it though you know the fact of the matter is I get an email on my phone from a customer saying I'm this is changing my life like it's worth it's weight in gold but I, I'm sacrificing a lot I'm enjoying it and I, I wouldn't swap it for anything but but you sacrifice your peace of mind before we wrap up going through all the turmoil of, of that world yeah I'm sure there are at least a few people you'd want to thank for the support for the wisdom for just letting you do your thing who are those people and what do you want to take thank them for so Ollie Hammond at Fuel Ventures is the reason why why everything exists so he's an investor at Fuel uh, he when I was raising he immediately understood what we were trying to do and I didn't have to convince him and I and I me and him just mass just gelled And look we, we we closed that deal so quickly Mark Pearson obviously was the was is the founding isn't the director of fuel 
so obviously without them and Shiv Patel, we wouldn't, we really wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be sitting here. We wouldn't be impacting people's lives positively, which is awesome. And then our team, you know, Gwen, uh, our COO is again, like so instrumental without him, we would be nowhere. Verity Roach, our CMO, like again, these people, I'm so lucky that I found those two people because without them again, we just, I wouldn't be here. So that's awesome. Um, and then, yeah, like the standard. I mean, one of the things that I, I, I wish you'd ask me is who would you not thank? Uh, because I realized very early on that like you just have to do it for yourself. Like you people don't give a shit. Like they really don't. Like you, I thought and I was mistaken to think that like when I had this idea for the business that I would just like broadcast my intentions and then the cavalry would arrive and help didn't happen. And it was because I was deluded enough to think that like people had the time, but people have their own shit going on. Um, but there were a lot of people that I met during this time that I was like, kind of taught me a lot of lessons. Like, okay, well, you know what? Like forget their approval, forget their help, forget any, everything. Just do it yourself, do it for yourself. And that's who, that's the only person's approval that you need is your own and your customers and your staff. And, and, and that's, that's it. Ali, thank you so much for the time. I had a great, great, great time. I wish we had more time. Let's hope Juno fulfills its potential and uh, helps everyone heal and recover from their days and keep going because uh, innovation runs the world. Thank you very much, buddy. Thanks, Tao. Had a great time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky, smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.